Well, hello. It is good to be with you today. I am Andrew Marquez, and this is the Baptist on the Bible podcast. Here is your 7 at 7 devotion, a seven-minute encouragement from Scripture offered every Monday and Friday at 7 a.m. And today's devotion is entitled Amplifying Advent. We're going to be drawing from Mark chapter 2, verses 18 through 22. And uh, we might also pick up from some other passages. But I wanted to let you know up front, this is a little bit of a different kind of devotion than what I've done before because it's got a little bit of a challenge to it that I wanted to encourage you to consider ways of increasing the value of Advent. And me just mentioning the idea of Advent uh, might put some of you kind of on your heels saying, what is this guy talking about? That's not something we do. And the truth is that uh, it's becoming much more mainstream, and so I anticipate that many of you are already practicing Advent in some way. But I just wanted to kind of discuss what Advent is before we jump into the text here. Advent is a season of expectation, and the word Advent means coming or arrival. And we're looking forward to the moment of Christ's arrival when he was when God became man, when God entered into a human body, when he was born of the Virgin Mary, and uh, this moment we call the Incarnation. And it's such an important moment in church history because we recognize that unless God became man, he could not redeem fallen man. And that when Christ came, it really was uh, good news that he was going to come and finally enact the redemption that was promised. And so uh, Advent as a season begins the fourth Sunday before Christmas, and it's generally a moment of uh, contemplation, uh, repentance, and uh, dedication, devotion to Christ as we look forward to His coming. We remember His first coming, and of course, it always points us to the future when we look to His second coming. Uh, for many years, Baptists did not do much with Advent. Many evangelicals didn't, and there was some understanding that maybe these practices that came out of Catholicism were pointing people towards a merit-based salvation, and so they were discarded. Uh, I think in more recent times, some of these practices have been uh, kind of revived in the evangelical churches, and uh, for good reason. One, there was not necessarily anything wrong with them to begin with. Uh, the rise of uh, secularism, the threats of Islam in certain places have brought Christians to a point of trying to be more unified in some ways uh, because we've got bigger enemies you know, than other denominations these days. Also, in Christmas, we're seeing a major attack on Christmas no longer being about Jesus. Christmas seems to be all about uh, consumerism, buying stuff, the busyness of it all. And we don't have as much time directed towards thinking about Jesus and remembering the reason for the season is that this is about the Incarnation. This is about the light of the world, you know, uh, that special moment when Jesus comes and our redemption is secured, you know, to some degree in that moment. And of course, it goes all the way through the cross. But the arrival of Christ is a big deal. And so I think a lot of churches are adding Advent practices back in order to help people pause from the, the busyness of it all and to say, okay, we're going to take some time and we're going to remember Jesus. So I wanted to challenge you today uh, in a couple of ways to consider amplifying Advent, doing more with it. And uh, those of you that aren't doing it, my first challenge would be, do it. Uh, Lifeway has recently put out a great resource on doing Advent as a family, and it's got art projects and practices and candles, and you can make this a special moment throughout the season to uh, light the candles and to celebrate in your homes. So I'd encourage you, get that uh, packet from Lifeway. You can just Google it and you'll find it. And uh, if you have trouble, you know, uh, touch base with me or the church, and I'll try to get you uh, to it. But that would be a great starting place. You know, bring, bring Advent home. Bring it into your family and, and start doing those practices. Uh, bring it into your church. We're going to be doing it this season as we've done it the last few. And then I just wanted to talk about the ideas of amplifying it even further through 
some of the practices that go back uh, to the medieval church and earlier of maybe giving up some things, abstinence and fasting. And I want to let you know that you don't have to be concerned about me going off the deep end on some things, but recognize that fasting is something that we do get from the Bible. In fact, I want to begin right now with our passage from Mark chapter 2. This passage is uh, really interesting because we have the Pharisees and John the Baptist disciples working together to get some clarification from Jesus. And the disciples of John and of the Pharisees were fasting, and they came to him, Jesus, and said, Why do the disciples of John and of the Pharisees fast, but your disciples, they do not fast? And Jesus said to them, Can the friends of the bridegroom fast while the bridegroom is with them? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast in those days. The day will come when you will fast. I want to just lay it, lay it out there. One, one thing that you just have to recognize as a Christian is fasting and abstinence of certain things is biblical. It's in the Old Testament. It's in the New Testament. We find it, Zechariah that there were months set aside for fasting. That was practiced by the Jews of Jesus' day, and he expected his disciples to fast themselves at some point. And so it's biblical. You don't have to worry. Baptists are, are people of the book. It also builds discipline and helps us gain mastery over our body. This is also biblical. Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 9.27, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified of the prize. It helps us gain control of the flesh, which is a driver of temptation. And finally, it's spiritual. We always see fasting and prayer tied tightly together because when you are hungry, it somehow triggers your spirit. And if you can convert that hunger into a spiritual fervor, you have a great spiritual discipline. So fasting does these things. So here's my challenge. There are three options of fasting during the season. One is to give up food for about 24 hours on Fridays. Intermittent fasting, have one small meal in the evening and have it spaced out about 24 hours before your prior meal, maybe Thursday evening. If you can't do this, you could be abstinent from meat and from animal products, not necessarily both, one or the other, on Friday. Option two would be doing that same practice on Wednesdays and Fridays, and option three would be doing that Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. I'm going to try to do intermittent fasting this season every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So you're welcome to join me in that. And of course, you can be abstinent. Now this might seem radical to some of you, and to others you're already doing things like this, but what's important is that whatever you decide to do this season, I'd just like to encourage you to put your mind back on Christ, put Christ back in Christmas, and think of ways that you can be more devoted in your expectation of Christ's coming. Uh, his birth and his return. I hope you're encouraged. I hope you have a great and wonderful season. Take care.